Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Ha ha! Welcome, welcome. You now listen to the transparent truth. Five star Friday with my man GB, the GOAT Greg Biggins. How you feel? Feel good. I feel pretty good. It, you How know what? You? Hey, listen, I feel really good, and I feel really good for a reason, GB. Do you know why? I have no idea why. We got a terrific guest, um, a five star college football coach on the show, interview with co defensive coordinator Keith Hayward at the University of Oregon. He sits down and talks with a GB about a plethora of things, not excluding his years playing, being an Oregon State Beaver, his trips around the country, coaching at different schools in the Pac-12 and also outside like Louisville, his current roster at the University of Oregon, including SoCal native Diamador Lenore, Thomas Graham. Exciting interview, man. Really good stuff. What do you think, GB? I'll tell you what, and I'm not trying to use, sometimes, you know, we, we like to use maybe just a little bit of hyperbole to make a story maybe more exotic, but I, I truly mean this. Keith Hayward's 2001 Oregon State team that he played on that just destroyed everybody and dominated Notre Dame, if there was a playoff back then, a four-team playoff, I truly believe that Beaver team was a national title. They were that good. They were so good. And, uh... It was fun talking to Keith. That was my favorite part of the interview was kind of rehashing those teams. And, man, talk about a guy going from Mike Riley to Dennis Erickson. You can't find two more diverse coaches. So that was kind of fun talking to Keith about that part. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know what, GB? I got to disagree with you on one thing, man. I do not know if they're going to beat Miami Hurricanes 2001, man. That was one of the most loaded squads ever. But I love that Beaver team had a childhood friend of mine, Patrick McCall, at running back with Keith Simon. They had a loaded backfield. Patrick and I grew up together, Victoria Park, Carson Pop Warner. But like you said, GBL, that old one Oregon State team was very good. To me, they were the second best team in the country. They demolished uh, Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl. Was it the Orange Bowl, GB, or the Fiesta Bowl? The Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta yeah. Bowl, yeah. And uh, they were loaded. But I'm going to take that Miami 01 team. But nevertheless, we got Keith Hayward, Oregon's defensive back coaching. Assistant defensive back coach, co-defensive coordinator on the show for an interview coming up real soon. But before we get to that, GB, we got to remind people 
about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. Um, so, hey, hey, GB, I'm ready to get it in, man. I, I want the people to hear this terrific interview. Please turn up your dial, put the kids' seatbelt on, whatever you got to do, lock in and load up. We got a five-star interview with a five-star college football coach, Mr. Keith Hayward, University of Oregon Ducks, right here on the Transparent Truth. All right, now we'd like to bring in co-defensive coordinator at University of Oregon, recruiting juggernaut here in Southern California and across the country, defensive backs coach Keith Hayward. Keith, how you feel? I'm doing great. Beautiful day out here in Eugene, Oregon. Um, I'm, I'm blessed, and uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. Yeah, no doubt about it. I got my man GB here with me on the line, and uh, we got a ton of questions. There's so much to talk about with you in terms of your past playing days, uh, your present coaching days, and then your future. You got a big-time future. You're one of the hottest coaches in America in terms of recruiting, developing, and in-game adjustments. Uh, there's so much to touch on. GB's going to get us started. Greg Biggins, take it over and do what you do. Keith, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. Known you for a long time. It's been kind of fun watching your growth from uh, what an Oregon State grad assistant to now where you were definitely on the fast track to being a head coach within three years. That's my prediction for you, Keith. Hayward, but hey, let's jump right. Let's jump in and talk a little about your college football career at Oregon State. You are a Beaver. Most people know that, but for those who don't, you played at Oregon State, now coach at Oregon. But Keith, I want to talk about the 2001 Oregon State team. Probably one of the better teams that I've seen come out of the Pac-12. You guys are mean and angry and aggressive and had that Miami Hurricane chip, largely because your head coach Dennis Erickson. But uh, what do you remember most about that whole entire season? Yeah, and you know that was a that was a great time in my life. Uh, definitely one of the memorable uh, seasons of my uh, college career. Um, <clears throat> was blessed with the opportunity to play for Mike Riley, then he left to to uh, San Diego, and then Dennis Erickson came in, and I mean it was it was just awesome that we had, and then the coaching staff there, what they assembled is a bunch of guys from. LA, you know, with uh, Chad uh, Johnson, who was at a JC, at JC Santa Monica College, uh, TJ Hushmanzada, um, some other JC players, uh, Elko, uh, DeLawrence Grant, Ladarius Jackson. Um, we had a, a sleeper quarterback in Jonathan Smith, who's now the head coach at Oregon State. Um, but we were just competitors. <clears throat> 
we were angry, had a really, really big chip on our shoulder and um, just going out there just to prove everybody wrong. But we, we actually played harder in practice and practice was definitely tougher than any other games that we played in that year. Um, uh, we stumbled that year at Washington, losing 33 to 30, um, which was a back and forth game. Um, and then, you know, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the year, when it was time to be picked, you know, we were what like ten and one. Um, ended up uh, defeating Oregon when they had a uh, Joey Harrington, who Oregon was a hot team too. They were doing a, they were playing really good ball. Um, got selected to go to the Fiesta Bowl and cap it off in a thirty nine. Uh, what was it three or no thirty nine and nine? That's exactly what it was. We didn't allow them to sc- score any touchdowns. It was just three field goals. Um, but we were just a, 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 a gritty team with a, a lot of celebrations and, you know, we just got after it. It didn't matter who, who, you, who it was. If you was on that opposing sideline, we were, we were coming to get you. Keith, I'm kind of chuckling right now. I can't think of two guys more polar opposites to play for than Mike Riley and Dennis Erickson. What was it like when Dennis first came in? I, I got to know just that first kind of introductory meeting that he had with you guys. I mean, did he kind of say, hey, Coach probably was a nice guy, but we're going to be co- go, we're going we're going complete opposite. We're going renegade. We're going to be talking trash. <laughs> we're going to be getting into fights. We're going to get as far as like as far as like penalties. Uh, I mean, what was that first meeting with Ve like? Wow, um, I, I don't I can't exactly remember, but this is what I do remember about Coach Erickson is that um, he 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 loved to have fun. He wanted he wanted us to have fun, and you know he he, he would lead or lead some some pregame speeches with let's go out there and kick somebody's you know what and that would get people fired up and there was some other explicitives in there that I probably can't I shouldn't say right now but he was that type of motivator um and you know he just didn't want you to worry about making mistakes one of the guys that play fast and and uh you know he he definitely had us he had to pull the reins on us sometimes because we as players as young guys got carried away with some of the celebrations that he allowed us to do <laughs> Keith uh, I, honestly I, correct me if I'm wrong but I think there was a point in the game against Notre Dame and Notre Dame was good I think they were like 9-1 going into your going into your game but I think you guys had more penalty yardage than they had yards of offense was is that stat yeah. correct my remember that was that was insane I think Notre Dame and most people probably didn't even know much about Oregon State or kind of how you played your style. But I, I, if Twitter was around back then for that game, it would have been hilarious to see some of the reactions because you guys beat them up so badly. It was 41-9, to but that wasn't even – the score was closer than the actual game. Right. I, I, remember, yeah, you- I remember Chad Johnson flipping the ball before he got into the end zone. I, rem- yep. I just remember the constant celebration and the penalties and, and no one really knew what the heck was going on because it was Oregon State. No disrespect, Keith, but you guys didn't have the national brand of a Notre Dame. What, what was it like playing in that game and just kind of, did you feel like these guys, these guys referring to Notre Dame, were they just completely just stunned and had no clue what to make out of you guys? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, when we got 
chosen to go to that game. We were definitely happy, but at the same time, we were disappointed because we felt like we were the best team in the country. Um, I remember we were sitting up there in the Valley Football Center as we were selected, and I think like I was looking forward to playing uh, Miami because they had like Santana Moss, Reggie Wayne, and I was like, those are the those are the best receivers. Notre Dame did have, you know, the tradition and the prestige and all this stuff. They were they were big and they were talking about all week how they were going to run us over, shove it down our throats. But what they didn't realize is that we had that it factor, of, uh, of that stuff in our neck. And like I said before, that chip on our shoulder where that wasn't about to happen. So throughout that week that we spent out there in Arizona, you know, they were very arrogant. And that was fine, but they didn't realize that we had other dudes like James Allen, Darnell Robinson, um, uh, uh, Dennis Weathersby, Terrell Roberts. Um, we had dudes like that on that team who were straight dogs. D. Rob, um, oh yeah, yes. Well, his 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 uh, Darnell Robinson's nickname was D. Nasty. D. Nasty, that's <laughs> right. He was a bad but, um, boy. Yes, he, he he was he was great. I mean, Nick Barnett. I mean, I could just keep going. We had a ton of guys who were who were great players. Dewan Edwards, um, but they didn't. I don't think they knew what we had, and we still had that chip on our shoulder because all of the media attention was going to Notre Dame throughout that week. And I remember they were talking about this fast receiver they had, Joey Getherall, and all this stuff. And I'm like, Joey, who? Like, I'm Keith Hayward. You know, and when and then there's Dennis Weathersby, you know, and and, and there's Calvin Carlisle, Terrell Roberts, and, and Jake Cookis, and Mitch Musin. So it was like we don't care who you got, you playing the Beavers today, and we're gonna get after you. But um, no, that definitely was um, you know, we, we just had a great time, and and it was a great time to celebrate. And gladly, those penalties didn't hurt us that day because there was, like you said, there was a bunch of them. And if if there was a bunch, if we had more penalty yards than they had offensive yards. That's their fault. I remember DeLawrence Grant was just a monster that whole entire year. But what was it like? Not to get, not to go away from that game, but you kind of mentioned Joey Gethrow. I, I remember Joey back then. He was a SoCal kid. But you, you went up against Chad Johnson and, and TJ Hushmanzada every day in practice. I got to know, man, how much trash talking went on between you three? Oh, it was it was trash talking all day. We had uh, Robert Prescott. <clears throat> um, there was another guy who was just as talented as Chad that ended up not making it at because of academics, Mongero Jones. Oh, yeah. But every day, every day was a scrap. And like, like I said, the practices was harder than any game that I played that year because, I mean, it, you, I couldn't hide as a DB. It was like, oh, Chad's not on my side because if he wasn't, it was TJ. And then, uh, or Robert Prescott motioned across the formation. And then you had Kenny Simonton in the backfield. You know, you just had dudes all over the place. So, um, but it, it, it was fun. Like, it was, it was a great team. I think that it was the best team, obviously, in, in, in Oregon State's history. But I know that we were the best team in the country that year. Hey, how good was Chad Johnson? Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, you see the, the highlights of him and, uh, you know, just the, the feet. You know, we had those feet that everyone talks about. And you saw the little video that came out not too long ago where, you hear different people talk Carson Palmer or um, John Gruden, uh, even Bill Belichick. Everyone talking about just those feet. Was he as mm-hmm. talented of a receiver that you've been around personally? Absolutely, he was. You know, because he was fast. He had good size, um, great hands. 
uh, along with the great feet. You know, he, he, he just was putting it all together at that time coming <clears throat> and had that one year development under Coach Eric Yarber, who's with the Rams right now. And then also being trained um, in his early years in the pro with uh, Coach Charles Collins, who's now uh, head coach at uh, Oaks Christian. Um, but you know, he he, he had the, he had great teachers around him that that prepared him, and, and Chad was just as advertised. So you know, what came out after he got to the pros is that personality. Once you know he was doing it at that level, but I mean, he was. It, it, it was not by any means an easy cover. Um, I got mine and he got his. It was a daily battle for any DB or receiver. Like we, we were very balanced as a team. So Mike Johnson was on that coaching staff, wasn't he? On the two thousand. Yes, uh, sir. The, what's up? So now that you're on the same staff yep. as Mike, you guys ever talked about well, those old times well, that have ever come up? No, let me, let me, so Mike Coach Johnson was on that staff or at the school early on, but Eric Yarber was the coach that year. He was our okay. receiver coach that year. Okay. So Mike recruited a lot of those guys, correct? I think he, a lot of the, you know, Chad and Teach, a lot of the guys from, you know, from the inner city and the Juco's, I, I, the story I heard was yes. Mike brought a lot of those guys in and had what, some like 20 of the players on that roster was the story I was hearing. Um, correct, correct. That so, is correct. Yeah, Cody. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Um, again, dude, this is so fun. Just talking about that season. That, that was literally such a fun team to watch. And just unfortunately, you know, we haven't seen, you know, Oregon State kind of come come back to that to what they were. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time with the Beavs because you're you are a duck now, Keith. But let's <laughs> let, let's move forward. Uh, let's move forward a little bit. Coaching career and spent some time at Oregon State on the staff. Went over to Washington. Went over to USC. Um, what what were some of the, I, I guess, the, the, the biggest memories that you had from maybe coaching at Washington? And then what was it like coaching at USC? And just kind of two schools that are both kind of, you know, I would say pretty elite programs. But I, I just, I'm mean, the outside looking in, kind of vastly different. Describe coaching at right. Washington and coaching at USC if you can. Um, You know, at that time, at that time when um, I was at Washington, USC was a school and Washington, um, we were just there doing a great job recruiting. And then like it is, I can imagine at any time at USC, you have to be careful who they offered. And and uh, it was a lot of young men who had a chip on their shoulder that were angry because they were being slow played um, and were recruited by USC. And that's how you, you come up with a, uh, a John Ross, um, you know, uh, a, a, a Jermaine Kelly when he was there. Um, just a lot of a lot of guys, just a, a number of players, um, Elijah Qualls, um, Shaq Thompson, even though he was recruited by them. But we, it was just a bunch of young men down there in, in the L.A. area. Um, Azeem Victor, who those guys weren't recruited by SC and you know, we had a great staff under Steve Sarkeesian, um, and we got those guys up there and and played some good ball. But that's the difference. That was the that was the the, 
what it was then that those kids were underlooked and, you know, USC couldn't take them all. And it was a lot of it was because of some of the sanctions um, where everybody, I think a lot more kids grow up in a Stacy SC that's in their backyard and that's their school. But the reality is, is it, it all comes down to a numbers game because of, of scholarships. <clears throat> but I think both schools have great academics, great tradition, um, and and they're, and they're both good schools, you know. Um, it just SC has that the benefit of being right there in the hotbed to where every college coach goes and recruits, so they're a little bit more visible and the kids see them every day. And Washington is in the Northwest, where you actually have to get on the plane, and then you know the kids maybe not as not as familiar with Washington, but both great places that you know has tons of potential. What was the biggest reason why, Keith, as kind of looking back, why did you leave Washington to go over to USC? Well, when my head coach, Coach Sarkeesian, goes. And that was right. That's right. Coach Sarkeesian <laughs> got the job. Yeah, Coach, coach Sarkeesian got the job. And um, you don't know what head coach is going to come in. And you were offered a job to follow your head coach. You better go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's still a great school. Washington is a great school and SC was a great school to go to at the time. And that's just kind of how things work out in this coaching business. Sometimes you have to go when you don't want to. And sometimes you don't have a choice. You know, you, you make the best decision with the information and what you have right at the time. Now you, you brought in some great players at, at USC and, and I've always said USC is probably one of the, you know, four or five schools that can kind of recruit at a national level, almost just on brand name alone. But I know you guys were grinder Sark and even Lane Kiffin, they always seem to have a staff full of guys that recruited really, really heavily. But, you know, if, at USC, would you say, um, and I want to make sure I said this correctly, but was that as easy as it gets in order to just, I mean, you make a phone call and, I mean, everybody returns that phone call right away, don't they? I mean, USC just kind of has that, that kind of cachet that, that not many schools can, can kind of match. I mean, yeah, I would say, you know, uh, there, there's a logo factor there, you know, especially with me coming from, you know, Oregon State to Washington, the SC, and, and now to Oregon, and you get to a level where, you know, the logos all have that same uh, appeal. So, but definitely there, there, there is a logo factor there where, you know, you walk in the room and then the kids kind of gravitate to you to where, um, unfortunately, before when I wore it, I was at Oregon State, I was just that you know, kids didn't, you know, they, they kind of rolled over there and they were looking, but they didn't come over. So <laughs> it's always that I was, I was the, uh, I was, I just wasn't as attractive at the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so enough about Oregon state and USC. Let's talk Oregon ducks. You, you made the move. Um, there we go. Coming from Here Louisville. Let's do it. Let's talk about the ducks. Yeah. What, what, what inspired you, motivated you to, to come West from where you were? Um, University of Louisville to come back west, University of Oregon? Well, West Coast is, is home for me, um, number one. And, you know, my wife uh, ran track here, and I've always watched Oregon, competed against Oregon, and this is just a great place. I, I think that, you know, this is a great program, as is USC and Washington. Um so it was easy. It was easy to come here, um, and 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 I'm blessed to be a part of this program under uh, Coach Crystal Ball now, and and I'm grateful that Coach Taggart gave me the opportunity to be a part of his staff last year. But um, I think we we have a, a great product academically and athletically. 
um, to offer student athletes to pursue their dreams of, of being developed as football players and to being developed as young people socially um, and spiritually, academically, to, to achieve the dreams that they set forth, you know, um, for their lives. So um, this is, it was, it was kind of really, really easy. And I was thankful and if, to have the opportunity I had at Louisville. But when Oregon came about, I, I just like, this is something that I have to do. You know, it's best for me and best for my family. How was, uh, how was Coach Cristobal different from Coach Taggart from a, a head coaching standpoint, how they run things, and just from a, a recruiting standpoint? Um, you know, there's a lot of similarities, you know, to, to be honest, because um, both are, are really, really great at what they do. Um, but there are subtle differences. I mean, to point that out right now off the top of my head, um, you know, it would be really, really tough. But I, I just think that um, they're both great guys that, you know, that are going to connect with uh, the young men, um, both great leaders, and um, you know, I, I I think I think you know, just I'm I'm blessed to to be able to be a to to have coached underneath both of them, you know, to be honest. So there, there's there's subtle differences. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know if I can name that out right now, just because it's it's tough. But um, you know, they both they both do a great job, you know, as coaches and and uh, recruiters and developers and leaders of men. Hey, coach. I, I know. I know. NCAA rules. You can't mention any names, but but give me give me why I want to go to Oregon. Recruit Greg Biggins for a second. What is what is Keith Hayward's recruiting pitch? Because I know everyone always talks about two things. They always talk about the great facilities, but even more so this year, Keith. I've been hearing a lot more kids say, you know what? It's not about the just about the facilities. It's about the family feel, the relationships, and just man, how much love that coaching staff is showing me right now. I feel like no staff is recruiting anyone harder than your staff this year. What do you feel is the biggest reason why a kid should choose to go to Oregon? Well, you know, I, in, in, in general, just like you said, it's the people. Um, because that's what, that's what makes the, the difference in between the programs, When especially with a lot of the young men that we're recruiting. Everybody has facilities. Everybody got uniforms. They're going to have uh, nice dorms, and everybody's going to have uh, <clears throat> good academic support. But what it comes down is the people um, that are going to that, that are going to transition you from a young man into a, a grown man to make wise decisions. And um, why do you come play for me at Oregon? You know, um, I, I've, I've done it here at this level and developed. Um, you know these young men for a number of years. I mean, all the way back to 2005 when I started coaching. Um, one year outside of the Pac-12, so I'm, I'm familiar. I played at this at this level in this conference. You know, with a, a freshman, you know, you know, you know, a freshman all American at in, at this level. And you know, my resume speaks for itself. I mean, just the development from Oregon State to Washington to SC to in between my one stop at Louisville to here. Um, and you know you're going to get great. You're going to get. You're just going to be around good people and and be developed in all aspects of life. You know, academically, athletically, and socially. Um, and I'm I'm just transparent. I'm transparent. I don't uh, I don't need to sell anybody anything. I think that every every young man is looking for the right fit, and they will find that right fit. It just depends on what they want. You know, there's great colleges all across this country, but there's only one Keith Hayward. I'm ready, Coach. I'm ready to sign right now. Give me that letter of intent. Hey, got some eligibility left. Hey, man, that's a transparent hey. answer. 
from the transparent Keith Hayward. I tell you that on the transparent Keith truth. Always keeps it. Keith yeah. Hayward always keeps it as transparent. Hey, so let's talk. Let's talk your secondary right now. Again, you can't talk recruits, but you can talk who you have on your roster right now. All kinds of kids that we saw a ton of from the SoCal area: Thomas Graham, Diamondor Lenore, uh, Jalen Red. Uh, if you can, Keith, uh, kind of talk up your secondary right now. Who who are the guys that are working hard that you feel are going to have a big season this coming fall? Well, I, I'd say this. They're all working hard, you know, because um, the, the young men on our, our team are, are very, very hungry. You know, we left some things hanging out there last year. Um, we, we need to keep our, our quarterback healthy. As we can see, Justin Herbert is a, is a, is a great quarterback. Um, but in the secondary-wise, you know, like, I, they're all working hard. You know, I, I see Thomas and I see Diamador at the corner spot. Those guys are both busting their butts um, and doing everything right, as well as Jerome McKinley and Hockey Woods, you know, which is which is awesome. Um, at the the safety spot, I mean, I just have a, a really good group with uh, Brady Breeze, um, Nick Pickett, um, Steve, who joined us. I'm excited to see Javon Holland um, and what he does once he reports, as well as um, Khalid Palacy. You know, he's a he's another guy at corner. Uh, I, I, I want to make sure I mention he'll be here too. But um, you know, I got a good leader in Ugo Amadi, who played a lot of nickel for us last year, and we had to move him to safety. Um, and you know, these guys are coming together. I see them outside working out. Um, you know, as I pass, they're out there on the on the turf doing some things or in the sand pit doing some stuff. Um, and then I see them walking back and forth throughout the building. I'll say, hey, what are you guys up there doing? Are we coaching? We were watching some film um, and, and watching some individuals, you know, from last year. So it's encouraging, you know, because they're self-motivated. Um, who's going to do well? I hope all of them because that's going to be vital to our success uh, this season. And I'm just excited for them to continue doing the things that they're doing um, in the weight room with uh, Coach Feld, our, our strength and conditioning coach. Um, continue to get stronger and faster and just be students of the game because um, that's that's the big thing. You know, you, you want to be students of the game and, and you definitely want to make sure that you're technicians um, because it's not always the, the best athlete that's, the, that ends up performing the best. It's, it's the guy who who's smart and can anticipate, and you you have to be a smart player and a student of the game, you know, and because you could be a you could you could make yourself a half a step faster. That was me. I wasn't the fastest um, in my secondary when I was playing at all. I definitely wasn't the, the biggest, and you know I wasn't the strongest. But what I was is smart. I understood formations, I understood situations, um, and I put myself in the positions with the the, co- with the coaching that I had to execute the technique to be able to execute snap after snap. And that's what I expect from our guys. Hey, Chief, you kind of broke up on me a little bit, but did you mention Steve Stevens? He's already enrolled, correct? He's already on campus? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I did. I did. I did mention him. Steve is doing good. You know, Steve did yeah. a great job learning. Yeah, Steve did, did a great job learning throughout spring, our scheme, which is, you know, we try to make sure that that's a seamless process, even though it's a big adjustment, um, you know, coming in as a freshman. All these kids think they could play right away, but they for, they forget that you, you got to learn. You got to be mentally ready and physically ready, and, 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 and they've been working out, but they forget that, okay, now you're going against other good receivers. Um 
and and then you have to know exactly what you're doing so that way you're not slowing yourself down as a player by thinking but Steve has done a great job learning our defense and he's made some plays um in, in, in spring ball and you know I'm excited for him too so Keith I, I'm going to ask you a silly question and I know what the answer is going to be but I, I'm going to ask it ask it anyway what what is the upside of the Oregon football program. I know every school I could probably ask, you know, Idaho State, hey, can you win a national title? And they would say, absolutely. But I'm going to ask you anyway, Keith, how good can Oregon be, not next year, but can this team, do you have the setup in place with the coaching staff, with your strength and conditioning program, with the way you can recruit both locally and nationally? Do you feel within five years that Oregon should be and will be a playoff caliber team? Absolutely, 100%. Here's the, I'll give you two things that I, I, if you look at last season, you know, and anybody can look at this and you can figure this out. There's two things that we got to do. We got to be much, much more disciplined football team. And what I'm saying is, um, you know, the penalties, you know, the uh, pre-snap penalties. And we, we, we don't want to give up, you know, good teams, uh, extend their drives or jump off sides on offense. You know, we don't want to put ourselves in a hole, so we got to make sure that we don't, you know, we just don't commit those penalties, those those self-inflicted wounds. That's one. And number two, we got to play better on the road. We were great at home, six and one, and on the road, I believe we were like one and four. Um, so we have to we have to be better on the road um, and, and, and develop that mindset and make that, make whatever, wherever we play in, make that our home field. And, um, you know, anytime, anyone, any place, you know, we, we have to go in there with that mindset of just going and executing. It doesn't matter. It's 100 yards and we, we, we have to play. So those are two things, self-inflicted wounds or penalties and then playing better on the road. And my last question for you, I don't know if the other Keith on the call, Keith Miller ha- has a few more, but my last one for you, Keith Hayward, is uh, what is your best case scenario for yourself and your career path? I already mentioned at the start of the show, I think you definitely have all the makeup, your personality, um, you're smart, you you know football, you know the game, you understand recruiting, you, you get it. Is the goal for yourself, I mean, I know you would love to be a head coach, you're not going to rush into something, but ideally, um, where do you see yourself in four or five years from now? I would love to know, but I, I love it here at Oregon. It's a great place. And like you said, yes, I do. I do want to be a head coach and that's the goal. Um, but right now um, I'm at Oregon. This is a, this is a great place, uh, great fans, great administration. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to be working with coach crystal ball and the immediate goal right now is to help Oregon win a national championship. And that's all I want to do. I want to make sure my players graduate um, and that they leave here with their degree and they go home better men that's my goal and whatever happens between now and and, and five years um that will be seen but when my players come here that they're they're bet they leave here leave me as better men and have their degrees and developed on the football field i couldn't ask for anything more that's a great hey, answer that's beautiful yeah that's that a great beautiful answer. key that should be on a hallmark card somewhere right there yeah i appreciate you but no. that's the truth that's how i feel yeah no doubt about it. Well, Keith Hayward, co-defensive coordinator, newly named co-defensive coordinator and uh, defensive backs coach, University of Oregon Ducks up there in Eugene. We appreciate you for joining the Transparent yes. Truth. Good luck and have a great season, coach. 
Yes, sir. Keith, thank you. GB, thank you. Man, you guys stay blessed and go Ducks. Go Ducks. All right, we appreciate Coach Hayward for coming on. A good friend of ours, GB, a good friend of the show, very, very supportive of the Transparent Truth, and we appreciate him for coming on, sharing his 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 past, his present, and his vision for the future, wanting to be a head coach. He says that's the goal, happy where he is right now at Oregon, and doing a terrific job. He is doing a terrific job. He's a part of a great staff that really, when it comes to recruiting, and those guys are next level. Uh, every day I'm talking to kids and you ask them, hey, who's recruiting the hardest? And it's nine out of ten times it's, it's going to be at Oregon staff. They got a, a great group, not just Keith, Dante Williams, Marcus Arroyo, um, got Joe Salovey, the whole staff. Sure. Mario Cristobal is probably the most active head coach I've ever seen from a, a recruiting standpoint. Mike Johnson, receiver coach. Yep. Uh, Court Dennison. I mean, every guy on I feel bad I'm leaving some guys out, but that whole staff really gets after it. Yeah, listen, a staff full of recruiters. We listen. It's kind of like the Golden State Warriors. You put a a, a basketball team full of shooters. They're gonna shoot and they're gonna score. And you better outscore them or you better D up. That's the Oregon coaching staff. They got a team full of shooters and they're gonna get their shots up. And they're gonna be fifty percent from the field. Right now, they are hot as a firecracker on the recruiting trail. Suave Poti, the latest to commit to the Oregon Ducks. And, man, they are tearing through SoCal like a 90s earthquake, GB. They're really doing a they great are, job. Man. They are, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that the, the, I want to get back to what you said about the Miami Hurricane team. Okay. Maybe the best team of all time. So, my I need to go back and, and do my research. I, I, I thought those were two different teams, though. I think the Oregon State team that won the 2001 Fiesta Bowl was actually, you know, that was a 2000 team. But they won their bowl game in 2001. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. So the Miami Hurricane team that was 2001, that was a different team than the Oregon State. Keith it might have been the they, next year then. Yeah, I believe it was it was the Oregon State 2000 team, but they won the 2001 Fiesta Bowl team. I so, got dude, you. I'm not taking do that 2001 Miami team. <laughs> oh, you can make an argument, right? That's oh, there's no question. Time. Yeah. Although I still lean toward 95 Nebraska. Yeah. But no, that the 2000, uh, 2000 Oregon State team, um, I thought was the best team that particular season. Just kind of want to clarify yeah. that real quick because I yeah. no way am I saying I'm not taking anybody over that 2001 <laughs> Miami team. Okay. Just like, just like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, no, that's a good clarification. And uh, I'm, not that, I'm a homer, but I'm not that much of a homer. Hey, listen, you're, you're probably right. It was probably that 2000. Oregon State team it was a 2001 Fiesta Bowl team but nonetheless they were exactly. loaded man they had a loaded backfield they had two NFL receivers that could go they have a head coach now who was their quarterback back then Jonathan Smith DeLawrence Graham my boy D Nasty at linebacker of course Keith Hayward um, on the corner along with a plethora of other guys they had a loaded squad NFL players um, from top to bottom on both sides of the ball they could get after people and like you said Dennis Erickson man a player's coach he gonna light the fire under you and then let you go and do your fizzle Oregon State Beavers 2000 team GB 2000 uh, baby so you can make an argument Dennis Erickson maybe a top five coach of all time and look what he did at Washington State yep Look what he did at University of Miami. Yeah. Shoot. Look what he did at Oregon State. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, Nick Saban is obviously up there. Um, Urban Meyer. Gotta put Urban probably right. Sure. Uh, would you put, put maybe Pete Carroll? Was he there long enough to establish himself? Yeah, I, th- I think you have five? to put keep Pete Carroll in that mix. Absolutely. 
I'm a, I was a big Don, Don, I was a huge Don James Washington Husky fan. Yeah. But man, but DE was doing it at places other than Miami. Yeah. He was doing it at places like Washington State and Oregon State that weren't really used to doing it and haven't done it since he left. No, I so. agree with you. Um, I agree with you. You tell, listen, the quintessential players coach who could recruit, inspire the masses, and motivate you to play outside yourself. De. Dennis he really Erickson. didn't care what you did off the field. Did I mean he really didn't care, right? I mean you could pretty much do whatever you wanted to do. If you could ball, hey man, go do what you want. I was I was gonna try to push Keith a little bit more and say, hey, give me a, give me some stories about some of your players. I mean, right. You guys could literally not go to class. You guys can mug people. You guys can steal laptops if you wanted to. Couldn't you, Keith? Like give, give me some juice. Give hey. me some dirt, but. He's not in that position to be able to tell those stories right now. He's a you know he's a football coach that's, that's still right. out there, so he's got to keep it. He's got to keep it clean. Listen, we'll get him on the transparent truth in about twenty five years or so, and we'll all sit back over a cigar. We'll talk about it amongst the three of us. But hey, uh, it was a joy to have him, Keith Hayward, a top shelf guy, top shelf coach. I know a husband, a father, and a lot of respect for him. We appreciate him. It's time for us to bring this baby to a close. Please follow the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Follow each show on YouTube if you don't have the platforms that we drop on. Without further ado, GB, follow my man Greg Biggins at Greg Biggins. Follow Coach Keith at Coach Keith underscore MP. That's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.